0: For happy days
1: For amazing ways
0: For people who care
1: For people who dare For great opportunities For amazing communities For a hand up, not a handout. For you For me For everybody
0: Forever Manchester Let's do something extraordinary
1: Join the movement Forevermanchester.com Um, I don't even know how you start these because I've not got like catchphrase like you've got.
0: Okay, welcome to... Uh, yeah, <laughs>
1: <you can. laughs> um, hello, welcome to the Forever Manchester Meets podcast, I'm Jay and we've got with us today Rachel, a comedian, podcaster, Ooh. what other...
0: Oh, I don't know, there's a few things we could say about me, but I don't think we should. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's
1: Rachel Fairburn. Hello. Um, It's nice to have you. Thank it's you. It's nice for me to get a, a pal in. It's nice, isn't so it? Yeah? How long have we known
0: each other? Probably about ten years, I'd say, maybe a bit yeah, less than that.
1: I did stand up for about nine years, we yeah, quite yeah. early on after I'd started. We did. So on these very Manchester meets, we're meeting sort of interesting people from Manchester. and sort of finding out about their backgrounds oh, okay. and stuff like yeah. that. So tell us the story of Reach.
0: The story yeah, the of me. The story of
1: Reach. Where, where, where were you born? Where did you grow up? How I was, was that? I
0: was born in Crummsell Hospital on the sixteenth of September. I'm going to omit the year because I don't like telling people how old I am. And uh, <laughs> you got
1: like a Russell Kane. <laughs> uh, I, I,
0: just, I just don't. Think, I, I hate people find out how old I am because like you have the same problem. We look about twelve. Yeah. And then you have to talk about how you look young. It's just dead boring. And disease. you're the
1: same. as means you take up smoking to try and make yourself look a bit Sm- older. Yeah, exactly. It's the only reason I the only thing
0: I can do. Uh, Crumsville Hospital, 16th September, and I was brought up in Harper Hay.
1: Nice. Yeah. So how how was that? What was it with the upbringing in Harper Hay? Like? Well,
0: do you know what? Like, Harper Hay, people always go, oh, it's dead rough. Oh, it's awful. It's so rough. But that's always people that go to Harper Hay that have, that have never been anywhere that there's not like it's not Chalton, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Not Didsborough, it's absolutely fine. I mean, some of it's a bit rough, but that's I think that's pretty much the same as everywhere. There's some bits of Chalton that I think are absolute tips, but, <laughs> and uh, it, it was great. I, mean, I one to, of those
1: bits is the cemetery reach, so yeah, know, that, is, that is true, yeah. <laughs> that
0: is very true. Um, no, it was I, I like Harper Hay, I loved I love living there. I've lived there, I say, most of my life now, apart from a, a stint in London. I'm currently living in Moss Side, so yeah. I think it's a... Uh, I really like... It. But Harpeh is it's becoming good. slightly gentrified now. it? Is, can,
1: all the burbs are becoming gentrified. Yeah. Down there. It's
0: sort of creeping in now because it's only two miles from the city centre. Is he got you on the back foot? Is he getting your hackles it's up It's annoying me. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> as soon as a, a pasta place opened, I was like, what's going on here now? What's happening? And then I saw someone on um, Twitter uh, a while back was like, oh, hi, everyone. I'm thinking of moving to North Manchester. Um, Hay. Hey, blah, blah, blah. Uh, what's it really like? And I started to get really annoyed at all the comments. I was like, one stay away secondly it's not as bad as everyone's making out
1: yeah Um, so you still got to look after it a little bit
0: yeah I feel quite I don't know I get a bit the the day I see a hipster in Harpe Asda is the day that it's going to break my heart. It's going to really hurt me.
1: Just walking around, no socks on.
0: Yeah, loafers, no Ooh. socks, that kind of thing. I
1: just checked my loafers then to make sure I had Did socks it, on still. You, I'm just, sorry, I'm soccer. You've got, socks got a desert on boot on there, you're all got, right. It's a, a desert boot, thanks a desert for boot. So, sorry. actually, I'm going to digress a little bit. Fashion wise, yes. speaking of fashion, some of your, your stage outfits recently <laughs> as, have been absolutely magnificent, mate. As
0: I sit here in um, a pair of old Nike Air Max. they and don't the, need
1: to know that. A grotty see.
0: old t shirt. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, it's weird because I do a podcast called I'll Kill an Old Filler with uh, my friend and fellow comedian, Kira Pritchard-McLean. We do these live shows and we started, because we both like fancy outfits, and we started to be like, we can't go on stage doing these gigs in, like, an old T-shirt and and leggings. It doesn't feel right. So we just started buying really mad outfits, and it's great.
1: They are amazing. Which one's your favourite one?
0: My favourite one would be... I've got, like, this sort of all-in-one thing with these mad sort of sleeves it's so hard to expect it looks like it's from space you know like in the 1960s when they'd make something and go this is the future yeah. and this is how everyone dresses um, it's like that
1: amazing it just looks
0: really weird and I've got, I've got a real thing for fishnets as well <laughs> it's, it sounds like I'm dressing basically like a sex worker but well we are really I mean no you way. said
1: that I... yeah
0: yeah but it's uh it's great. And when I do my, so when I do my solo show as well, I do tend to wear something a bit.
1: So Is that something you've always even when you when you first started in stand up you were like you wanted to is, or is that just developed through working with Kiri? or
0: I think I've always liked to dress sort of smart for stand up because we always like to you always like to think that you're a bit above the audience. But <laughs> I, I don't know it's weird. I, I sort of I think maybe working with Kiri, because we do have sort of similar taste in clothes. We've just yeah. really gone for it. But also I think when I think when you're doing your own show as well, like when you're in Edinburgh for a month, I like having an outfit.
1: Like a uniform. Like
0: a uniform, yeah, and something... something. I mean, obviously, I get changed when I finish the show. I couldn't go outside, in you know, after things that I wear... But yeah, I just think it's nice. nice, and they all look really expensive as well. But they, they are all
1: do look really dirt expensive. Dirt cheap. We really? never see, I think
0: every outfit costs about nine quid.
1: Awesome. Right. So we digressed there. That was good though. Um, so young Rachel in Harper Hay, yeah. What was what was what was she like?
0: Do you know what? Shy, quiet. Really. Uh, yeah. I was like the shyest kid. I'm still shy to a certain extent now, but when I was growing up, because I live with my grandparents. And um, my mum was always, like, trying to find things. Like, my mum was always at work, so it was easy for me to stay with my grandparents. She was always, like, trying to get me to do stuff, like, to get a bit more confidence, because I was so quiet and just, like, just always in the background of yeah. things. And she's like, all right, we well, you're going to go to um, Brownies tonight. I remember the day she told me, that I think it's about seven, that I was going to girl guides or something. Oh, my God. All day at school, I was dreading it. I was oh. like, oh, I don't, don't want to speak to people. I don't want to go, I don't want to go. And I remember getting home and just crying, and Mum was like, I'm "Sorry, you don't have to go if you don't want to. I was like, oh, thank God for that. <laughs> I don't have to interact with people. But I was i always was dead shy, dead quiet. Obviously, I had mates and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my school was really nice, Mount Carmel, that was lovely. But, yeah, I was just really... I think it probably took me, I'd say, till... I was probably really badly shy until about six years ago right yeah really bad yeah okay. pathetically so actually
1: okay that's that's yeah. interesting i want to put you as shy when we first met when we first met yeah. well, i suppose we met in in that stand-up area where that's you sort it. of get to know you're all in it together in it it's a bit like a especially when we we're, were open spots you sort of you're forced to spend time in a car with each yeah, other driving exactly. places and you've got you've got something to talk about you you've got that subject matter to talk about about the gig and what you've been doing it's not that's it it it's me and then you slowly get to know people over time
0: and I think you you bond quicker as stand-ups yeah definitely and you get to know each other you get to know too much about everybody very quickly I think
1: oh every I know far too much yeah. about everybody <laughs> yeah. it's like we were talking just before we started recording and literally I was like and this avenue like oh yeah I heard about that yeah, it's you, the biggest knitting circle there I've are, ever been in there
0: are no secrets in stand up comedy oh it's awful no secrets whatsoever it, it
1: can be great on the other side though whenever you do anything wrong it adds to that the amount of times I've woke up hungover after <laughs> I've been out with stand ups going everyone's going to know about this yeah. now and everyone's going to and you, you can't uh, that paranoia it's just unbelievable
0: within 20 minutes of doing something wrong. <laughs> I think everyone's phones ping, ping, ping. Everybody knows. I think our journey's
1: when it's happened,
0: though. Everyone's phone goes off at the same time, and everyone looks at each other like,
1: Oh, some of juicy's happened. It's amazing. So, talking about stand up, then when did you start, and what sort of made you well, gravitate you know, from being shy, what, what gravitated you well, towards stand up? I,
0: uh, I did a bit of poncy acting when it was uh, about because everyone was like, oh, I think you should. You know, you're very, because uh, I was writing little stories, and, and the only thing that I've ever, when I went to secondary school, the only thing that I was ever interested in was joking and messing about. And I got a bit more confident there because like, I had my little group of friends and stuff. And I was actually quite badly behaved, I'd say, at secondary school. Right. Because I, I just found it really boring and really restrictive, and I just didn't enjoy it. And I was writing little stories for my mum, like little jokes and, and stuff like that. And she was like, oh, I think. You know, I couldn't, I, when I left school, I could not decide what to do. I mm-hmm. went, for someone with no musical talent, I went to music college <laughs> for a month. And I was like, I don't belong here. What am I doing? And yeah. I left and I started working at um, Kendall's, actually.
1: You've just, you just come from there? Yeah, have just you? come were from there. Were you walked around there nostalgically or were you just on the lookout for a bargain?
0: I, I went into the toilet, actually. <laughs> I absolutely hated working there. But I started working there and I couldn't decide what I wanted to do. And I thought, oh, I, did, I did an acting course in, in Manchester. And uh, I, I, don't, I don't think I'm a good actor. I don't know. But I did, like, loads of little plays and stuff. And I did, I did a corporate video for Halifax Bank of Scotland. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was fine. And I just couldn't decide. My mum was always saying, oh, you should do stand-up, you should do stand-up. I wish I'd listened to her a bit sooner. Because um, if I just started stand-up when I was 17...
1: How old were you when you started?
0: I think I was, t- I was in my early 20s.
1: I was yeah. a bit later than you. I was 27. 26 27 when I started and I always thought if I'd have been 22 23 I'd have just been because actually when I was that age and I look at who was I know, oh, you'd have been that's it I mean, ifs buts and maybes in it I
0: know yeah and I probably would have been absolutely terrible because no one's good when they start out no stand up and if you start at 17 you've got no life experience so I sort of drifted about for a couple of years and then I saw an advert in my local paper in how it's a tiny little advert and it said um, comedy course for residents of north and east Manchester and I was like oh what's this and I phoned it up and it was Seymour Mace and Ashley Baroda who was his agent at the time Labour had done this funding thing, which everyone kicked off about, you know, part of the New Deal. Yeah, yeah. It was a course for people to do stand-up comedy. Of course it wasn't just for stand-up comedy, it was to get people a bit more confident in things and, and that kind of stuff, but nobody read into it like that. And uh, I just rang up and I was like, oh, can I do it? And he said, oh, you're just outside the, um, the postcode remit for it. And I went, oh, all right. And then they phoned me back and they went, actually, there's hardly any women want to do it, so we definitely want you to do it. Yeah. I like, oh, great, okay. So I did that and I think it was like, um, it was like 12 weeks every tuesday at the city of manchester stadium as it was now it's the etihad and it was really like i just learned loads from it and then we did a little um show at the comedy store yeah. like a showcase thing and then i just carried on gigging
1: Was there anyone who started with you in that in that group
0: i'm the only one that carried on gigging
1: because i know some other people have done that danny sutcliffe, danny did sutcliffe it. big was, Lou jones did that one with yeah Baroda.
0: danny was the year after me
1: yeah me and hayley ellis did the comedy sports one did you we were on the same class Really? Yeah, for, uh, yeah, that. yeah, we were in the same class. Kevin Shevlin was on the Saturday, the Saturday one. Yeah, it's really weird. Like, there's quite a few courses around that time, weren't they? It was, like, for me, it was a good way to started. The main thing I got from him was those links to actually getting gigs. Yeah. Because before you started it, how, how did you think about starting it? it? seems like a closed shot, really, before you yeah, started, on it?
0: I had no idea. Like, I used to love comedy. I'd watch loads of comedy. And I'd never been to, like... I went to the comedy store once, because I got free tickets from where I was working at the time, and I enjoyed it. And then I doing the course I was like oh it's like oh you need to go and watch as much live stand up as you want you yeah. can i was like all right okay so i started going to frog and bucket and stuff like that but if i hadn't have done that course i would have no idea how to get a gig cuz how would you know you wouldn't know would you so
1: speaking of the, the gigs then what, aside from the one you did with the course what was what was your first where was your first my, gig at my
0: first gig right i did it before uh, i finished the course right and uh, it was it was king gong at the comedy store That's and it was fire. the 2nd of january I think. In fact, it was that long ago. People were still smoking inside. That's how long ago it wow, was. Wow. Okay. Uh, Mick Ferry was the compare and oh God, I, I can still remember how nervous I was. I was like, Oh God, oh, this is awful. And um, so I was like, Right. And you meant to last five minutes, or you get gonged off if the audience put the cards up. I lasted for four minutes fifteen.
1: That's a good showing, that. That's
0: good, yeah. And they were really nice to the audience. And then uh, Mick went, "Oh, that was, uh, that was good." Uh, yeah, I, must, uh, I don't think she should have been gonged off, to be honest with you. And he <laughs> said, uh, "How long, you, how long you been gigging?" I went to my first gig. He was like, "Oh, brilliant!" And I found nice. my mum, and she was dead chuffed. And then after that, I can't. I, the rest of it, it's just all a bit of a blur. Beat the frog. I never beat the frog either. Did you not? Never, never, never d- beat the frog. Never beat the gong I think you didn't you? Never beat the frog. Never
1: that never for anyone who's listening who doesn't know beat the frog is the frog and bucket new new act night when you have to do the same same thing you have to do five minutes yep. um some of us have won the world series uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> have you now some of us are on the on the
1: have our picture up on the roll-up that they have on the stage oh god <laughs> god <Absolutely laughs> you are on, that, are you? yeah
0: i actually went to um beat the frog on monday because i like, i've not i've not been to it for years and it, so, mate like, Phil was comparing, so I went for a drink with him. And honest to God, it makes me nervous. But I genuinely, like, now, how confident new acts are oh, shocks me. Because when we started out, we were nervous wrecks. We were-
1: well, I remember speaking to Name Drop, John Thompson at, and Justin Morehouse at a gig. And they were, John just started coming back to doing stand-up after Cold Feet. And you remember when he sort of came back on the circuit a few years ago? And Justin was saying, like, new acts now, talking about me, like, Better than so we're we're basically having the conversation that they were having about us. that it's sort of that bars always, set it's like football or anything in it. Yeah, and actually, you're it. learning from everyone that's gone before. So you're to get to a certain standard, you're sort of magnified and sped through because you're learning from everyone. Yeah, so quick. And it just seems like oh, we probably look like that when we were on stage. Are we just pissed all the
0: time? I don't know. I do. I don't. <laughs> I, mean, I don't drink before gigs anymore unless I'm doing like something that doesn't matter. But ugh, I remember I used to have like four Jack Daniels and Diet Coke, before I do Beat the Frog, and so it's no wonder that <laughs> I never like got through because I was just always drunk.
1: Absolutely, loved it. Yeah,
0: because I was I was so nervous. But then I learned. I was like, don't drink before a gig.
1: Yeah,
0: and then it's,
1: it's, yeah, I think that's, that's always an eye opener. So yeah. Do you think your you think your material's changed much since you started? Oh my
0: god, hundred percent. My whole style has changed. When I started out, I was really deadpan.
1: Yeah, how would you describe your style now? Then I
0: don't know, really. Mm-hmm. I never really know what to say. I'd say I don't know. Like everyone else knows you very. My material, Your material is very dark. I don't see it like that. I just no. think I'm cynical. I don't know. It's really hard to explain. I just talk about anything that I think is amusing, really. It's
1: quite, always quite got rude.
0: A th- bit, bit on the saucy side You are a, bit saucy. a bit saucy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I always said that it was... And I think you're probably similar to me in that it's, it's kind of a slightly bigger version of who you are as a yeah. person. So it's like someone asking you to describe what you're like and you're like, um... That's- without giving yourself platitudes and being like, oh, I'm, I'm a great person. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, deep in your heart of hearts, no one, everyone knows they're not. It's hard to describe because it, you just become, it becomes so natural and it's like, it's just part of who you are and I think, like you said, when you started, it's like you're deadpan or you're trying all these different things yeah. out, aren't you? And it's like, none of it fits because it's not you. Yeah. Or it's not us.
0: Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because it isn't you. I, I, I was really deadpan. Loads of my stuff was like one-liners. Um, just... And I was like, uh, 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 and I just—I <laughs> mean, I don't—I never move on stage anyway. Now I move my hand a lot, but I don't move at all. And uh, I was just—I think there's a video of me doing like my second gig, ever. In the one at the comedy store when we did the the end of course—I I couldn't even watch that. Oh my god, my mum's got it. <laughs> I couldn't. No way. Oh, it'd be terrifying.
1: So, how's the circuit changed since you started? Do you think it's changed?
0: I don't know, it's difficult. I think the one thing I've noticed now is I don't tend to gig with newer acts anymore. I think it's harder if you're a new act to make, sort of, get to where you want to go because very rarely now I'll do a gig where there's an open spot on the bill. So, a brand new act doesn't seem to be the stage time that there was, I don't think. I don't think there's many competitions that have lasted that new acts can go up through and sort of yeah. do well in yeah i think that's the biggest thing i've noticed i think it's, it's really weird on that because th- i think the circuit has changed a lot maybe if you are in new acts but i, I think for someone like me who's gigging most weekends yeah i think what, one thing that has changed is personally you don't tend to get to hang out with your mates as much that's
1: what i uh, started noticing yeah, yeah.
0: and everyone's like everyone's really busy, or if you're doing a weekend, it's quite rare that you'll be with people that I mean, most people have got families and stuff and tend yeah. to go home afterwards, or nobody's really staying out, being hey, let's have 10 Getting Jager 11. bombs yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and that kind of stuff. I think that kind of thing's changed.
1: I, I noticed it, I think it's the same, same as when you start doing the paid work, you start doing 20s you're you you, you're progressing at the same rate as your mates. So you, there's no there's not, two opening, you, there's not two opening 20s on the bill. So you're not driving to the gig that's with it, your yeah. mates. So like, it used to be that there's two open spots on the bill, so you drive up with the other open spot and maybe the opener or the closer. Like Once you start doing the opening 20, you're the only opening 20 and your mates are all doing yeah. opening 20s because they're getting better. Yeah, And you start being like, oh, it's, it's a bit...
0: And sort of even just meeting up on a, on a social aspect. So like we mentioned Danny Suckler before. He's one of my best pals. He lives around the corner from me. Never see him. Because oh. like, if I'm away or he's gigging, yeah. or it's just trying to find the time to see the people you actually want to see as well. You, yeah. you just seem to be, like, constantly travelling, constantly away from home. Sometimes stuck with people you don't want to be stuck with. <laughs> <laughs> Not mentioning any names. Don't, because
1: but... the list's too long. <laughs> the list is too long. We Sometimes to to you will four get four-hour Joe oh. Rogan-esque podcast.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you'll, get, you'll think, oh, who am I on with it this particular weekend? And you think, oh, it's going to be great. Oh, we've got a hotel. Yeah, Ooh, maybe we can go out. And you go... Uh, <laughs> I think the last time that I actually had a really, really good weekend where people were actually staying and, yeah. and we all had a drink, I went out with um, Andrew Ryan and Scott Gibson nice. at Birmingham Glee, and that was a lovely weekend. And we all had a lovely time, but that, that was in like June. Right. So, yeah. How, been...
1: you fa- how are you finding it at the minute then, being on the road so much? And is, is he still. In, how are you enjoying comedy at the minute?
0: I love the gigs. I hate the travelling. I drive, but I don't, can't afford a car at the minute. Well, I could do if I going out boozing. But <laughs> I think it's just the travelling. It's just the constantly being on trains. And because I spend so much time on trains, I have this attitude in my head that I own the train, that yeah. I am the queen of the train. And I see things that I don't like on it. I'm always going, this is a quiet coach, do you mind? Or like, I'm just constantly trying to keep order. But yeah, it's definitely... I think I can see why so many people quit stand-up early on because of the traveling that is the thing because that that is to me that feels like what you get paid for
1: yeah there's there's an illusion in there that stand up like you're on stage and it's for me it's it's one of the loneliest things I've ever especially when you get to that level where you sort of you know even you're further on than even I I was that you spent you're spending quite a lot of time on your own yeah and it is in hotels and it can be quite uh that's why I I stopped doing it is because I was just I couldn't take it anymore physically The, The the rewards weren't I think I can be spending that time better, and I think a lot of people are like that. We'll get on to the podcast in a minute, and the live okay. shows with that, because that <laughs> seems like a, like a, a, a rich seam that you sort of, of mine. Before we get on to that then, do you think that, how, how, where do you see your career now then? How, where, where's your stand-up career?
0: Oh, God. Is it where you wanted
1: it to be, or um, where you expect ever, ever thought it would be?
0: I'll, I'll be honest with you, I genuinely, when I started out in stand-up, I didn't know, you think, oh, don't, I don't know what I can get from this. I don't... Yeah. I I never thought I'd be a full-time stand-up comedian. If someone went back and told little old Rachel parade when she was little and so shy, oh, one day this is going to be your job, I'd be like, I don't think so. That sounds like my worst nightmare. I think now it's like, it is just my job, but really what you... The ideal is nobody wants to be on the comedy circuit forever. Nobody wants to be having to give up their weekends every weekend to go and spend three days in Birmingham or wherever. Nothing uh, wrong with Birmingham. There's though. nothing wrong with Birmingham. <laughs> but I <was> just, Birmingham, <laughs> Cardiff, wherever, Glasgow. Nobody really wants to be doing that because it is, it's is—it's boring. It's totally boring. I think ideally what I'd like, because I'm writing some stuff, the best thing you could ever get is something you've written to be picked up or write start writing for other people that's the ideal that you want I mean doing your own show as well that's that's better than just yeah doing the circuit because you're in more control you've got what, more control yeah, of what you're doing, of what you're what you're doing of yeah
1: ways. so the, the podcast yes Um <laughs> Just, just for scale, then for sort of our podcast listeners, your podcast, "All Killer No Filler," that we talked about before. I let you describe what it's about.
0: Oh God, it's it's a podcast that I do with my friend and colleague, Kiri pritchard McLean, and we pick a different serial killer every episode, and we talk about them, and then we we end up talking about. It's become more filler than killer, actually. We end up talking <laughs> about everything. Sometimes we say far too much <laughs> about things that i totally regret ever saying but it's, it's gone mad like hundreds of thousands of listeners live shows we've just yeah. done a tour in america
1: it's, it's, it's mad. all minting it's so like yeah let's let's pick all that then. <laughs> so it started in whose which room my spare room, spare room in
0: harper hay good old harper hay again kiri lives across lived across the road from me we didn't know each other and we never crossed paths, but people get say, oh, you two should meet because- That's weird
1: that you know, we never cross paths because I think Kiri started about the same time. It wasn't yeah, yeah, long after just, us to start. We just in, never in cross, stand up.
0: crossed paths. When we did meet on a couple of occasions, we didn't bond at all. We were just like, <laughs> all right, all right. yeah." And that, and I think I think we thought we weren't potential friends or anything, it yeah. was quite, quite weird. So then she contacted me and said, oh, look, you're interested. People kept saying, oh, you two are really interested in the same things. And she like, oh, you're interested in serial killers. We live over the road from each other. Do you want to do a podcast? And we're like, yeah, all right. And we recorded one episode. Didn't think anyone would listen. I absolutely hate the first episode, by the way. So bear that in mind if you do listen to it. And then <laughs> we just people just started listening and it just started to take off from there. And then we became pals through it yeah. so it's like we're talking about your but you can see us getting to know each other a lot better as you get through the podcast
1: yeah I mean I've listened I've listened I think I might have listened to the first one I I've, hate the I've first listened one. I've been one of your biggest advocates so
0: yeah you have actually been I, very good
1: I've, thank you very much pal <laughs> uh, I've still not had a friend of the show credit on it yet, so not i did, yet? not yet I've not yet um, but then again the stories that you might tell about me I don't really want going oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't
0: know uh, want people knowing some of the stuff mate not, not really
1: pal um, but I can see that I can. you can hear that 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 you two have sort of bonded a lot more, and it's like you say, it's more filler now than it than it is killer. Do you think that that's why it's grown so much? Is actually, it's your, I feel it's your two's personalities that people are actually yeah. tuning in for and or staying for.
0: Yeah, I think I think there's a million and one true crime podcasts out there that'll just give you the facts. Like I love um, Case File.
1: Case it's File's amazing. Great, it isn't it? This morning, it's yeah. great.
0: Love Love Case File. It's brilliant, and that is like so thorough and so interesting. It's very, it's just factual, and it's done really well. But, I mean, we'll get everything right that we can get right. We make it respectful. We don't laugh at any, anything we shouldn't be laughing at or take the mickey out of anything we shouldn't take the mickey out of. Because now there's, there's nothing that Kiri or I won't say to each other, even in general, like, everyday life. She's quite concerning at times because sometimes I'm like, oh, all right, mate, I don't, I don't need to know <laughs> oh, She's like, all right, turn it in now, that's a bit too much. So, and I think to have a genuine female friendship that people can listen to and yeah. relate to it, it basically, it's just hearing two women talking how women talk. Yeah, you know, like you see loose women, and it's all oh well, you know, uh, oh we're going to talk about this today, and we're going to, and it's all really fake. And yeah, you know, it, it's just a, it's just how mates talk to each other. Yeah. I think that's the.
1: No, neither of you holds back on your opinions. <laughs> neither of you holds back if you don't agree with no. each other on your opinions. <laughs> It's, it, it is really. I think for the listener, you are sat there thinking like, I know these. two I don't know whether because I do know you both, yeah. but it does feel like you, you're in the room with you. And you said there about being respectful about like the victims. And the, was that a conscious decision to treat it with kid gloves in a way that, that the humour isn't?
0: Yeah, I think the time that you read something about someone who's been murdered, and your mind goes to make. I mean, it might do. It, your mind makes a joke about something that's happened there. Keep it to yourself. That's somebody that's yeah. been murdered, do you know what I mean? And there's a lot of, mentioning no names, there's a couple of true crime podcasts out there that sort of, to me, don't get the balance right and have said, and sort of say a couple of things that, you know, like getting a victim's name wrong or whatever yeah. like that. It's like, at the end of the day, that, that's somebody who's been murdered who still has a family mm-hmm. that, that loved them and, and cared about them, and something awful's happened to that person. Just try and be a bit respectful. Yeah. But yeah, we, we never... If, if you're a serial killer, and if you are, hand yourself in, but <laughs> if you are a serial killer, you're an awful person... And uh, that is fair game. Yeah. Like, you you can laugh at these people. Yeah. You can be horrible about them.
1: Yeah, for you guys, the butt of the joke's always either the killer... And or each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I think uh, most recently, I do feel that you've been the butt of the joke.
0: <laughs> oh, don't, don't. You say you say one thing, mate. You say you say one thing over a year ago. Is that how long ago? That's that was? how long ago it
1: was. Well, I'm going to leave that as a teaser for everyone oh, to make and go back and listen to. I, it. I
0: mean, if you listen to it, you'll know which it's the Richard Ramirez episode, which will haunt me forever. Not only because of the awful crimes, but something that I said clearly as a joke <laughs> when I was very hungover. That is just run and run and run. It's the point if Kiri got some stickers made for one of the shows that we did.
1: Um, my stepdad and my little brother went to that show and oh. came back with the giveaway. Again, oh I'm not going to tell you what it was. They came back with the giveaway and I was just like, <laughs> what the is
0: this? I had someone shout at me, shout the thing at me in a pub <laughs> about three months ago and I was like, come on. This in is not... Pub.
1: Okay, so talking about that, how it's growing. So, bed, so as we were talking about before, we've gone off on a tangent. Um... You and Kiri in a room started off with a few listeners, yep. people on the circuit, probably mainly like most comedy podcasts, yep. mates on the circuit listening to it, a few other people maybe picking it up because pop, true crime podcasts are reasonably mm-hmm. well searched for. But then like, how quickly did it grow into like this hundreds of thousands of listeners well, a month?
0: It was weird because like, we never checked the statistics or anything. And then one day we went, I went oh my God. And at the time I remember... It was sort of about five episodes in, and I went, There's 20,000 people downloading this. And I was like, that, that seems a lot. That seems more than we thought. And then it just sort of, we started with, we thought, Oh, we'll do a couple of live shows. And they sold out, like within a couple of hours. And we were like, Well, oh, actually, maybe there's more people listening than we think. And then people emailing us and contacting us. And then before we knew it, it was in the hundreds of thousands, and it keeps going up and up and up. I mean, eventually, you know, people will get tired of us, so we may as well enjoy it while we can. I don't
1: know, I don't think they really <laughs> will. we I mean, are picking up new fans all the time. It's
0: just bizarre, though. And especially when you think, like, we get to do a live show in New York and stuff, and we're like, this is weird, this isn't right. How did that come
1: about? Was that just you two deciding that you've got enough listeners out there, or were you invited? Or
0: Well, Live Nation, who sort of took, uh, sort of realised that there was a lot of stuff happening with the podcast, and we'd done all these live shows. They programmed a tour for us in um, just in the UK, and then we did two shows at Leicester Square Theatre in London that just sold out, and the Lowry that sold out within a few hours. And we were like, "Oh, this is pretty good." And Anna, Anna Cook, who is our sort of tour manager and producer for those shows, she was like, "Lovely, you know Anna, lo- yeah, yeah. lovely scouse girl." She's, She's like, "Nice right, girls." I think we want to do. I think we're gonna go for America, and we were like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever." And then she gets us in for a meeting, and we're like. Are you sure about this? I don't know, you know. And Kiri's like, I don't think anyone's going to be there. Yeah. And she's like, well, it's happening now, so it's been programmed. And we're like, right, okay. And then there were just brilliant shows, brilliant venues. Loads of people turned up. It was mad. Just
1: with the shows much different in America than the, the live shows are over here?
0: They were very... Um, like, all the audiences are always lovely, like, just really nice people. And um, in America, the only difference, I'd say, is, is that typical stereotype thing so enthusiastic about right everything. whooping at everything clapping at everything and like afterwards people would talk to us and they'd be like thank you so much for coming and
1: like, like you really made the effort
0: yeah we're like oh it's alright like, no thank you and we're like oh thanks for coming no no thank you he's we're so th- glad you're here and we're like I've never felt so loved in my life
1: I know just being thanked for going on holiday yeah
0: brilliant yeah <laughs> so uh, how long were you out there I think it was ten days. It was an
1: intense. So, did you get to see much, or was it just no, like intense? No, we didn't.
0: It was well. First of all, we had my luggage got lost on the first day, oh, so God. I didn't have any clothes for two days. And then uh, a lot <laughs> well, of it, I mean,
1: it. They weren't the like the stage outfits that it's they confiscated the because yeah. they looked like explosives.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 Everything had gone. This
1: woman is obviously uh, not right. Yeah, exactly. There's in? something wrong with
0: her. <laughs> and what are you here for? A podcast about serial killers? I don't think so. Um, so. Luggage was lost, but t- was it 10 days we were there? Yeah, it was, it was good, but the problem was it was, like, constant travelling. So we'd do one show, we'd, have, we'd go to bed, we'd have to get up at 6 in the morning, we'd go. and I think it was weird, because I said to Kiri, like, um, when we got back, I was like, oh, I said, I think I've lost about half a stone. She was like, it's because you've not been drinking. I went, oh, my God, that's exactly <laughs> why. I went, I can't believe it. But um, I had a couple of mates out there that were on holiday right. by a chance. They came to the show, and I got, um, I'd forgotten about this, I got absolutely hammered in New York. And uh, Kiri was knackered, she'd gone to bed. I just found loads of pictures on my phone the other week, like, oh, my God, I did get drunk. (laughs) Of course I did. That was a great night, I think. (laughs) No, it it was just really good fun. We didn't really get a chance to do anything. Yeah. Or we had a bit of a wander around Chicago, which was lovely and a little bit of New York, but there was no chance to like do any like proper sightseeing or yeah. anything like that.
1: What's the plans with the, with the podcast now and that that sort of... Well, there's, there's a partnership with Giri, I suppose. Is that um, something that you're going to explore different things with? Or? Well,
0: there's a couple of things that we keep getting asked to do and like people going, oh, it'd be great to get you two to do this, but I think with anything in this industry, you go, yeah, 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 and until it's happening yeah. and I'm doing it, I don't take any of yeah. it like as concrete, but yeah, just carry on doing it. Is
1: there anything you used to want to do with it that you can have a bit of control over?
0: Not really, it's weird. We sort of had this idea for a bit of a road trip kind of yeah. thing, visiting like really weird sort of towns and things like that. And a few people liked it, but I don't know, I just I think we just, if we just keep doing what we're doing. Yeah, if you're enjoying then, it, yeah. I think I
1: exactly said before, and I think the the fact that you used to enjoy it is what makes it comes across in, yeah. the, in the show, why people are listening to it.
0: I think live shows are the best though, because like, what I was gonna ask
1: you like which what do you prefer, the the, the pre records or the live ones?
0: I like both. I mean I hate pre record because you've got to do all the editing, which I absolutely hate editing till I had to listen to yourself for over an hour. <laughs> like, ugh, no thanks. Um I just really like the live shows, it's just brilliant. You get to it's like and I hope this comes across as I mean it, I'm not being big headed, it's like being massively famous for three hours. Yeah. It's brilliant, it's like, oh I feel like a total rock star. And then you just go. Yeah, can you imagine? You just go home. Can you imagine it is like a
1: proper, like even more of a buzz than just doing like yeah, a stand it's mad. up set? Honestly, it's got. so
0: mad to think that all those people have come to see you two and you're just like, this is weird.
1: Yeah. And you, I suppose you've got the outfits to go with it now as well.
0: Well, that's it. As I say, we can't just shuffle on now with, <laughs> with our tracky bottoms on now. Gotta got make the effort, gotta brush our hair now.
1: It might be a bit cliche to ask it, but obviously, being a, a comedian, a, a woman in comedy, mm-hmm. how how is that. I know from being a comic that it is not necessarily as easy sometimes for women comics mm-hmm. what's is, what's is your experience of of the industry as from your perspective?
0: I think there's a lot I don't say a lot. some promoters who are still just sexist yeah and still have this attitude that, that women aren't funner, but I mean they'll book plenty of men that aren't funner. Yeah. I think that the fact <laughs> yeah. is yeah, <laughs> some people aren't funner that's the bottom yeah, line yeah. Um, sometimes audiences can be. Hostile, but I think touch wood that's getting less and less. I'd say about three times a year now, I'll be like, "This is because I'm a woman and mm. they don't like a female stand-up." Yeah, and it does still happen, and it's a shame that that happens. But um, I think I think everything's getting better. Like a lot of the bigger clubs that never used to book women that often are definitely making changes. Yeah. it's getting better. I think the, the thing is, it's sometimes it is just audiences though, and I think.
1: I mean, I've I've been on a bill with with women comics, with, well, I say women comics, I don't even, I, I never actually say that when I'm not talking about it in, yeah. this, in this sort of term, <laughs> yeah. it's just comedians, isn't it? yeah. Um But I'll be there, having been the act that's just been on, Woman goes on stage and they're like, "Oh, I don't like uh, audiences saying it to me. I don't think women yeah. are funny." And Haley Ellis was one. And someone before she even walked on stage, and then I was saying, "She is. She's great." Nah, 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 which she is. It made me really uncomfortable yeah. that the audience was thinking that. Yeah. It
0: happens, and people come to you afterwards going, oh, "I don't usually find women funny," but and it's like, "Oh, come on! If you know, got female my friends who are funner." Yeah. I mean, like two weeks ago, I was at, I was gigging in Oxford, and um, I came out of the. Th- it was it, the gig was it was a tough gig for everybody. None Nobody really had a good time. They were far too drunk to enjoy anything. Yeah. So as we were leaving, there was a woman outside, uh, and she she made it quite clear. She was like, it was because there was two women on the bill. It was me and Sarah Keyworth. with brilliant. brilliant. Uh, She's like, I mean, the thing is, I just don't think women are funner. I just don't think they should be allowed uh, on the stage at comedy nights. And I thought, you know what, I ain't got time to deal with this. <laughs> I'm I mean, not it's even a lot gonna...
1: to unpack for yeah. another woman to be saying that. exactly like for her to be even thinking. I I'm not allowed to be. You know. It's yeah, that's
0: sort- it. It's very very odd. I mean some of the funniest people I know happen to be women.
1: Yeah, Do you know what definitely. I mean? It's,
0: but I think things are getting a bit better. I think you know it's I think sometimes as well. It's I think a lot of women are, are put off starting put off starting stand up because I don't know maybe they think Oh, or maybe they used to, because you think, oh, there's not yeah. really a lot of female comedians, and it's got so much better now. There's so many women on I think TV. The and
1: clubs used to be more combative as well. Than, yeah, like Jonglers was just testosterone fuel. Horrible nightmare. Gigs. Horrible. Were, some of them distinctly worse than others. Yeah, you know. I felt uncomfortable yeah. in there a lot of the time. So, you know, being a small <laughs> little man that I am, <laughs> while shuffling onto the stage, is—it's like, it's not, they're not a nice environment to be. But I think I, I found towards the end that clubs were getting better. Yeah. Some of the older clubs were getting better at who they were booking. They were sort of opening the doors a little bit more. Yeah, not definitely. naming any names. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Be, yeah. Um, <laughs> opening the doors yeah. a little bit more. To who they're letting on and letting younger acts come through, yeah, definitely more female acts, women acts, and whatever else. On it's, it seems like it's getting a bit better. Yeah, I hope I hope it is because I do. I I still love comedy even though I don't do it anymore. Yeah. I just fucking hate driving my car. <laughs> That's going to have to be <laughs> out and I did so well for so long. <laughs> That's the longest I've not sworn for ages.
0: You did so well, mate. I did as you well. So You're well, really so good well. at it. I thought you'd I know, be the worst I'm, one to go. Hey, listen, I'm a, I swear, like, nobody's business, but, you know, being the true professional that I am, <laughs> when I'm told I can't swear, I don't... I didn't even say you can not swear either. No, you didn't. You just, you I just, just did assumed, it yeah. Well in. <laughs> I assumed.
1: Um, so, future, what, any any future plans for anything?
0: oh god uh what we've we got just it makes nearly the end of the year now isn't it uh what, what, what are my future plans yeah a pension at some point that'd be nice <laughs> um i was thinking that today i was like i've not got a pension oh well um <laughs>
1: you've gigging till you're 75 I know, that's, that's my fair <laughs> that is my
0: fear. uh just podcast gigs writing things that i'm writing just getting on with it really
1: Yeah. any gigs um that you want to push promote
0: uh well you could have come to my show at the Frog and Bucket in Manchester, which which was which is this Sunday. Which is now in the past, so you can't make that. Uh, nothing really. I think if you want to listen to the podcast, it's all Killing no Old Filler. It's on iTunes and all all the rest of it. Terrible promotion, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, we've got a live show in Salford at the Adelphi Theatre, which is very nice.
1: Yeah, still got tickets available. Still
0: for that. There are about twenty tickets left. Cool. So. Fingers crossed that, that I'll sell out.
1: That's if Rachel doesn't give them all away. <laughs> that's if I don't give them all away, yeah. I've
0: been told after that. And the worst is people come up to me, usually in a pub, because that's my natural environment. People come up to me like, oh, I love your podcast. And I'm like, oh, thanks. Yeah, we're going to get tickets. of that, like, hey, just, just drop me a DM on Twitter, <laughs> I'll get you in. And then the next day, I'm like, God, what have I done? No, no, stop doing that, Rachel. Stop doing it.
1: So when was that again? It's the, in Dover, December. December. Yeah, I can't remember. I think it was the 5th the fifth adelphi theater yeah go online google it it's, you all know i use google it's fine yeah go on, you're fine, um, and then you're doing forever funny on the 29th of november 29th november for yeah.
0: looking forward to that
1: thanks yes. i'm not because i'm comparing it and i'm well out of practice yeah but you know what you're doing yeah kind of
0: you'll be fine um,
1: then one actually one last thing i did to say so your show that is next week yeah um which we can't plug, but it will be have just been when we release this. Um, is that The Frog?
0: That's at The Frog and Bucket,
1: is yeah. The Frog and Bucket? Mm-hmm. And how's sales going for that? Because I saw it the other day.
0: Uh, it's nearly sold out. It's Which is amazing. Sold yeah, out. which yeah. I cannot believe.
1: How good's that? Never
0: beat The Frog, mate. Never never beat The Frog at the Amateur Night when I started out, but yeah. I nearly sold out my own show there. That's I can't amazing. believe it. It's mad. You can't
1: see it. Rachie's proper beaming. Yeah, I'm I just like, totally understand it.
0: It's just weird. It's absolutely weird. Why but, is
1: it so weird? I I, just, I know why it is. What you do, you I you to
0: explain it. It just feels weird because it's like when I started out, and you think, "Oh God, the amount of times I used to die on my behind on that stage, try like just trying to do the ten spot and not getting anything," and and then you just go, "Oh yeah, I'll do my show here." Yeah. Oh, it's nearly sold out, and then you're like, "This is weird." Yeah. Is, yeah.
1: It's mint. It's like when we when we were starting. is it's like the place because yeah. it's the local one. It's the one you do most That's often. It. It's the one that if I get Saturday night here, I'll, I'll have exactly. made it. It's like the one where you put your benchmarks. And now it's like it's not even the Saturday night. It, You've got the Saturday, it's, it's your it's own my show, only show selling it's weird. It out. That it's so good. Because the
0: Frog and Bucket as well. As much as it is a, a great club, I genuinely because when I started out, I used to get so nervous before gigs. I still get nervous when I walk in there, even when I'm not doing anything. Like, I
1: can't listen to Lose Yourself by Eminem. No, without breaking out into a <laughs> <Yeah>. sweat. <laughs> I (laughs) Let me entertain you by River Williams. (laughs) You're like, oh, God, oh,
0: no, no. (laughs) But, yeah, it's like, um just feels nice, doesn't it? Yeah. You think, oh, this is good. Yeah. It's good.
1: I'm buzzing for you, mate. It's been pal. lovely to, to be on the to, to sort of have gone through this whole journey with you and to well, see everyone flying at the minute.
0: It might be at the end soon, who knows? This could be it for me. It <laughs> will be. That's
1: it. I think mean, we've done. i know I've that a right we've done. Chat, that's, yeah. That's good, that. That's good. Um, we're going to go and have a proper gossip now and stuff we can't record. Yes, that'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, Rach, thank you very much, love, and
0: we'll see thank you Thank you, you for having me. Lovely. Ta. Oh, I enjoyed that. It was good. That yeah, it was nice, that I Yeah. I've never done it before. That was good. You're first... Oh, you are a natural. Thanks to me.
1: That was great. If you enjoyed this episode of Forever Manchester Meets, please go to iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts and like and subscribe us with a nice five star review. If you want to find out more about Forever Manchester and the work that we do in Greater Manchester, please check us out at ForeverManchester.com or follow us on the usual social media platforms Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We are at Forever Manchester. Nice one.
0: For happy days
1: For amazing ways
0: For people who care
1: For people who dare For great opportunities
0: For amazing communities
1: For a hand up, not a handout. For you For me For
0: everybody Forever Manchester Let's do something extraordinary
1: Join the movement Forevermanchester.com